Thank you for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. Welcome back, folks. Today's guest is University of Wisconsin head coach Chris Bono, who absolutely brings the energy. This guy is super motivating and gets into a couple stories that I don't think a lot of people have heard before, one of which was what it was like his freshman year going from Florida to Iowa State, which he says is one of the most challenging periods of his life. We get into working out with the Brains Brothers and ultimately how he built South Dakota State from literally nothing into a top 12 team, and now what he's doing at Wisconsin. By far one of the most motivating episodes we've had so far, so appreciate you all listening. For past episodes, please visit WrestlingChangeMyLife.org, and if you're listening to this on your phone, please subscribe, review, or rate the podcast. Thank you all. We'll talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Enjoy the show. Well, I was a fanatic. There's no doubt a fanatic. My goal was to get carried out of the wrestling room because of exhaustion, and it never happened. The thing it did for me every day about 6 o'clock is that when I got out, I looked back in, and there was nobody else there. Bottom line was I didn't reach my goal. So guess what happened? I went back in the room again. But I got some quality time because of just some kind of a fanatic goal. Well, let's talk rest. Is it true that you first got into the sport when your dad uh, dropped you off at age five and your mom yelled at him for leaving you there alone and he had to come back and get you? Yeah, that's the true, true story. So what, true what, story. Like how, how did it go from there? How did you get involved with the sport and how did you end up moving to Florida? Yeah, well, you know, we, um, when, I, when I showed up that day with my dad and dropped my brother off, um, it was in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, he told me to stay put. And he'll be back to get me in an hour. And uh, when he left, they started practice. And they were, you know, there was an odd number. And the coach basically said, hey, you want to come be a practice partner? And I said, sure. I jumped out there. And, you know, I did real good in practice. And the coach came back. And my dad came to pick me up after. Well, he went home. And my mom, uh, you know, basically said, where's the little one? She goes, he goes, I left him there to watch. She said, you better get back there right now and go get him. And when he came back, the coach grabbed my dad and said, give me five more dollars. And we got we to gotta sign your little one up. And he did. And. Now the rest was, uh, you know, kind of history. Oh my God, that's crazy! So, how did you end up at Florida, and when did you really like start to see the success that you saw when you were at, you know, three-time national, or, excuse me, three-time state champ, you know, junior cadet all-American? When did you start to see the the fruits of your labor? Yeah, so my my old man got promoted. Um, he worked for an insurance company, and he moved us down to Florida. I think I was in, uh, I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, maybe. And the thing was, when I got down there, there was no, there was no wrestling really in Florida. There was no junior high program or anything. So the only thing I could really do, uh, you know, there was no AAU program. It was all USA wrestling. So I was lucky enough to be able to go, um, uh, to a private school and train with their high school team, uh, throughout the year. And of course I didn't get to wrestle. You know, any dual mates, I'm only in fifth grade, right? I'm, I'm training with a high school team. But then I got to wrestle in uh, all the USA wrestling events starting in the, in, in the uh, summertime. So I didn't have a real long season, you know, uh, for my, my fifth and sixth grade year. It was just wrestling in the summer. Uh, and then I was lucky enough that uh, in seventh grade, uh, I made the varsity high school team uh, for a private school. And I was able to compete, uh, you know, at the high school level and have the high school season to wrestle and then, you know, start the cadet and cadet freestyle stuff and do all that kind of stuff in the summer as well so that's interesting i didn't know that so you were just training a lot as the fifth and sixth grader versus competing a lot so you maybe you know that would have something to do with kind of the passion you have for it now because you're you know obsessed with the sport did you always have that kind of passion and energy you as a kid yeah you know i don't i mean i i i don't ever recall you know not wanting to do it um, I recall there not being a lot of opportunity for me at that time being in, in, in Florida. You know what I mean? So it was, it yeah. was always, it was always, you know, here's your schedule. You got three events, you know, as a fifth grader, you got, you know, you got this, this, and this, and that was all I had. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed going into those, those practices at the, at the high school level. Um, you know what I mean? All year long, I couldn't wait for the season to get started. And luckily enough, I had some great parents who, you know, would pick me up from, you know, elementary school and, you know, drive me 40 minutes and let me practice with the high school team, you know? So it was, um, it was, it was definitely uh, an awesome experience. You know, I, um, I was just out of club the other day 
uh, a great prominent club out recruiting. And I just sat around thinking, man, I, I can't imagine if I would have had this when I was a kid, uh, the way that all these the, the club structures that, that they have now, um, you know, how much better I probably could have been and if I could have done it year round when I was at that age. Isn't it amazing the kid, uh, the academy circuit now, you know, when I was coming up in Illinois, overtime school wrestling was dominant. And then now in Wisconsin, you got the Astrid Wrestling Academy. I mean, how how unbelievable is the is the gathering at the Astrid clubs? I mean, I'm sure you go to those practices. What's that like in there? Uh, yeah, Ben, you know, the Astrid club is great. What, what people don't understand really is Ben's got, um, you know, he's got three of them around the state, just not one club. You know, right. it's one. It's, it's it, he's got him around the state. He's got three academies right now, um, and and you know he's got his brother running one, and he's got a college buddy running another, and he runs another one. Um, and it's amazing. It's great to be um, in collaboration with Ben and Max, and um, you know it's great having them on our team. They're they're awesome. They're awesome guys, and they do awesome, uh, awesome stuff for the community. And then and they're developing some great wrestlers. Uh, yeah, we we um you know we're living in those clubs. You know, watching them develop these kids and. Um, it's just great to be with those guys and they love Wisconsin and, you know, they, um, they love Wisconsin wrestling now and it's just been an unbelievable partnership with those guys and fired up to keep going with them. It seems like they do it the right way too. Like you hear them talk about how they're more focused on the development of getting people to actually love the sport. Like they don't allow any weight cutting until you're in middle school and they don't even let kids at a young age practice more than twice a week. So they seem to be doing it the right way and really developing kids who love the sport versus competing a lot and getting medals, which is nothing wrong with that. But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, it can be detrimental long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. And it's great to, um, it's great to be side by side with Ben because um, he's, he has to be in the, um, what am I looking for? He has to be in the moment with these young kids, right? I don't deal with these young kids. I'm dealing with the 18 to 23 year old kids. So he has yeah. to be in the moment of the eight year old or the nine year older and, uh, you know, today's current issues at that age and what they're doing. And, uh, it's great to actually sit around and, um, you know, listen to his philosophy on wrestling and, and, and it's helped me, it's helped me understand the, you know, what is coming our way, right? When, when, when he gets done training in an eight year older until he's 18, here's what you're getting Bono right? Here's how you might have to change a little bit as a coach to deal with this kid. And he doesn't deal with it. Uh, you know, some of the issues, the way that, you know, a normal guy would deal with it and, you know, Oh, but then here's another guy that, you know what I mean? You got to grind him down. You got to train him, you know, uh, like an old school, the way you train. So, so it's really neat to sit with him and, 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 and understand, uh, he's got his philosophy, but then also when we're starting to recruit his kids, He's like, hey, here's the kid you got to train this way. Here's how this kid likes to be trained. And so, uh, you know, there's never a miscommunication. And, uh, it's, it's, again, it's been an awesome partnership. And, uh, you know, we, we, we love having Ben in our corner and Matt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how many clubs there are. You look at Iowa, you got like the Seabold Academy. In Minnesota, you have uh, – I can't think of the one that Lawrence runs. And then Illinois, you have overtime. And there, there's just so many of them now. And these are like – these are like breeding grounds for just – absolute animals so there was nothing like that around when you were a kid growing up in florida all right correct nothing nothing so you you get to iowa state was it gibbons or uh bobby douglas who was recruiting you at that time uh gibbons i signed under gibbons um that's, okay. that's kind of a funny story i signed under gibbons and um you know jim jim uh resigned and i was uh about a thousand percent that joe gibbons was taking the job and that's who did most of the recruiting was joe I had a great relationship with Joe, um, and I was all excited, right? And then I get a phone call Easter morning from Bobby Douglas, and I'm the new head coach at Iowa State. And I said, uh, no, no, I, I heard Joe has Joe Gibbons is the guy. And, you know, and he's like, no, I'm the new head coach. And so um, it was awesome. It was, it was great, you know, at the time. Uh, luckily, I had some great advice. Again, my parents, you know, when I went through the recruiting process, basically said, you may, when you make your decision, you need to make it on, you know, other factors than the coach let the coach be the bonus right if you love this coach and you hate the school and you don't like the teammates uh it's probably not the right place for you uh and and uh you know i went to iowa state for all the right reasons and then what having bobby douglas as my head coach was just the icing on the on the on the cake who else was recruiting you at that time besides iowa state like where'd you take your visit well, to uh, well i took my five visits to clemson um wisconsin ironically i came here on a visit 
Uh, I went to West Virginia on a visit uh, and Nebraska. That's where I took my visits there. Okay. And so you picked Iowa State and yeah, Bobby Douglas is an interesting guy. You know, when he was competing, he absolutely dominated people, including you know people like Dan Gable. And, you know, it, it, he was the guy at that time, you know, made a couple Olympic teams. And then when he was at Arizona State, it was the first time any, any team outside of the powerhouses had really won. And so, you know, what was it like making the transition from high school wrestling in Florida to big time college wrestling in Iowa? Yeah, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Uh, you know, it was, um, you go from winning a lot and winning every practice and never getting taken down and, and leaving every high school practice, you know, happy. And you did this and you did that to going to uh, Iowa State where I don't think I got a takedown until February of my freshman year. You know, so it was a complete opposite. I just got mauled my whole freshman year and, you know, and you you, you don't think you can make it. You know, and, the, you know, the best advice I ever get, which is the advice I give to everybody still to this day, is, is keep showing up. You know, you just got to you got to leave what happens in that room and uh, and keep showing up. And, you know, it, um, I, I listened to uh, a lot of great people who said, listen, you, once you get through your freshman year, you'll start getting better and you'll start learning and blah, blah, blah. And you'll get stronger and you'll you'll, you know, be ready to go. And I, I kept I kept my head down and kept working and. You know, I always look back to my true freshman year at Iowa State as uh, the year that really defined me. Everybody says they want, um, you know, your national championship year defined. My, my freshman year defined me because um, after I met with Bobby, after my freshman year, he said, you know, but, you know, Bobby's blunt, right, which is, I loved about him. And he said, you got a lot of work to do just to make this team. And here's how you're going to make it. Here's how you're going to do it. You know, and he told me, you're going to show up every morning at, you know, whatever it was, 637 o'clock, and I'm going to meet you here, bring a partner. Uh, and I remember we did it three days, three days a week, every day in the, you know, in the summer, um, he would walk his laps around the wrestling room and basically bark at me to do one thing right for about two hours. And eventually I started getting, you know, I started understanding after, you know, six straight hours in one week of shooting a single leg, I knew how to shoot a single leg, you know, and it showed me that. It, 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 we're not going to come in here and do 10,000 different things. You're going to sit here and you're going to perfect how to, you know, run to the legs six straight hours all for, for, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we did that our whole summer. And then we continued that every summer um, a afterward. And, you know, I wound up developing a little system that he helped me with. And, uh, you know, the rest was kind of history. So it wasn't a shoe in at all that you were going to start your redshirt freshman year. You had to, scrap it out shoe in i could i i i beat two guys my freshman year that i had never beaten in practice i didn't think i was making the team <laughs> yeah, oh my I god could, i could yeah. i couldn't be i couldn't beat them in practice and then i won uh you know i beat them in in a wrestle off i didn't think i was making the Man. team so you're dealing with a couple things you know you're you're far away from home you know iowa the, the winners in ames iowa are much different than florida um so you have that going for you you know, the self-doubt had to be creeping in a little bit. Like, do you remember any, any specific points in that season where you were at kind of the breaking point and, and kind of how you talked yeah, yourself? I, uh, it, I called my dad. I, ca I called my dad and said, I want to come home. And basically he told me it's a long walk home from Ames, Iowa to Jacksonville, Florida. You know, and, and, that, and, that, and that was what told me. And then, you know, of course, in the, in the conversation, he basically told me, listen, you've been successful at everything you've done. Um, some have come easy, some have come hard, put your head down and go to work and, and, and you'll be able to, you know, you, you will be successful, you know, but put your head down, listen to your coaches. Don't listen to anybody around you. You know, coach says this, do this, go, go meet with coach, go, you know, go do this. It was, it was all about getting that relationship with your coach, um, and learning how to work hard uh, and learning how to work smart. And, uh, I put all my trust in Bobby Douglas. Um, you know, and at that time, Tom Ortiz was my assistant coach and I put all my trust in those guys. Um, and, and they didn't let me down. They steered me in the right way and they were blunt and there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of, uh, you know, basically teaching me how to wrestle. And, um, and, 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 you know, I can, I can never be more thankful and grateful for the time that they put into me, you know, when, uh, you know, you, they, 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 they inherit a Florida kid that went 0 and 4 his true freshman year. Um, and they were able to take me to, you know, win a national title and, you know, be a three-time All-American and, and go on and have an international career that I did. And, uh, you know, and I take my, uh, my, my coaching philosophy straight from Bobby Douglas now. And, um, and, 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 and so they taught me everything I need to know.
I mean, if that's not skill development at its core level, I don't know what else is. I mean, that's unbelievable. Even your uh, retro freshman year, when you made the Nationals, if I'm reading things correctly, you had a losing record and kind of snuck in. And then uh, and then you have a breakthrough. Uh, on the on paper, it looks like a breakthrough. Your junior year, you win it. Um, what, what, what happened between those two years to, to propel that? Just more of the same, more momentum and more building? Yeah, I learned how to wrestle. Um, I learned how to wrestle, and, and you know, my, my, my freshman to sophomore year was huge. I think I'd won 13 total matches maybe my freshman year. Um, mm-hmm. And then my sophomore year, I'll never forget this. Hey, you know, back then we wrestled in a lot of open tournaments, and I remember I would get beat like the second round every open tournament, and then I was wrestling all the way back to third or fourth or fifth, and I was getting eight, nine matches every weekend. And I really believed it was the experience of, of everything, of learning how to compete, um, which, you know, you got to learn how to compete right, at that level. I was getting better. What do you mean by that? Uh, you got to learn how to compete. You got to learn how to learn how to show up every single day and compete. You know, even in practice, you have to compete and put yourself in those positions uh, every single day that you're going to find yourself in matches. Uh, if you just come in the wrestling room and, and don't compete and give things away, you give up single leg. Someone gets your leg, you give up. Right. Someone put your arm on your back, you roll over. Um, you've got to learn how to compete when you're, you know, in the morning workouts, when you guys are doing sprint laps, you've got to learn to compete. If you take a back seat in those things and give up and give in to, you know, my legs are a little tired or you give in because someone's a little faster than you or you give in, uh, that, that translates into how you compete in a, in a match. When times get tough, you quit. Times get, you know what I mean? Uh, and I prided yep. myself in competing in everything. You know, I, of course, I didn't win anything. Right. You know, but but when coach would say, hey, you know, at the end of practice, you know, the first guy to two takedowns practice is over. Oh, boy, that was that was I, I mean, I was that was a dogfight. I, mean, I don't care who I was wrestling. You know, if I wasn't if I wasn't going to get those two takedowns, it was going to be a 40 minute end of the practice, you know, to get two takedowns on me. You know, I was you were giving you know, nothing up. So, right. So I learned how to compete. Plus, I was in a great room. You know what I mean? I was around the Eric Aikens and Dan Troops and Matt Johnson's. I mean, three and four time All-Americans that you know, basically told me how it was, you know what I mean? You're never going to win unless you do this. You're not, you don't know how to do this. You know, Tory Jackson was in that room. Uh, and, 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 you know, they were winning Olympic medals out of that room and national championships. And so I learned how to compete, um, you know, and I got better technically and, uh, and, and, and I wanted to win. I would do anything it took to win, you know, and I, I had the passion um, to, to be great. I wanted to be great. I wanted to, I wasn't doing it to, uh, you know, just to do it. And there's a lot of people that, that, that want to just be in the, in a division one room. I was in it to be achieved the highest level I possibly could. Um, and I wasn't going to stop until I got there. Yeah. I mean, that, that comes through just even in this conversation. What, what do you think about this one coach? What do you think about visualization and, and like the self-talk you have with yourself? Did you get into that at all when you were in college? Yeah. I'm a, you know what? I'm a big believer in visualization. You know, um, when I get on the treadmill, you know, even to this day, you know, I'm thinking about technique and, run, you know, how am I getting better here? But visualization is a big deal. You know, when you when you can see yourself shooting the high crotch, uh, you know, um, 10 million times, I really believe that correlates into um, getting out there and doing it perfectly in a match. When you see – I used to love seeing myself get my hand raised. Uh, everything I did, yeah. that was a lot of my visualization. Seeing myself get my hand raised. Seeing the joy of, you know, your family members – Seeing yourself being in a big match to win for your team, uh, to win that dual meet for your team. So I always, I always like to, to see myself winning, right? Um, you know, and then, and then the big thing is, is, is everybody talks about this, and I had this too, is some, some negative things creep into your mind, right? You see yourself getting beat. Uh, but I used to meet with a, with a, with a sports psychiatrist um, uh, a lot, you know, a performance coach per, per se. Really? And, you know, the, the, the big thing was – and, you know, right, that, that's a great thing. Right? I, I encourage that here at our, our – uh, here at Wisconsin, it's it, you know we've got some great people in our, our uh, you know our, our performance staff here um, that help with everything, performance anxiety uh, to the negative thoughts that come in your head. You know the biggest thing I was taught was you control what comes into your mind, you control what comes in, you control what goes out. All right, if you if something negative comes in and you tend to dwell on that negative um, and you can't get that out, that's that's on you. So I learned how to cope with, you know, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Oh, but the guy takes me down. Well, that, that's a negative thought. You've got to turn that into a positive, get it out of your mind, and start focusing on uh, how you want the match to go or how you want your training to go or how you think. Um, and, 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 and that really, really helped me. It helped me sleep at night. 
It helped me not to worry about things, you know, and it helped me to worry about the things I can control. You look at 2019 right now, everybody, uh, these motivational quotes, this and this, everybody's like, control what you can control. Well, I was taught that back in 1998, you know, what, right. what, what come, you control what comes into your mind. And if you let that, if you let your focus be on what, what uh, you know, the negative things that come in, man, you're going to have some problems. Uh, you know, if you let outside influences affect the way you think, and you don't depend on your, you know, your coaches and your teammates and your support staff, then, then, then there's problems, you know. And, and I think in today's age, um, you know, I don't really want to go here, but I think these kids that come into college have a lot of outside influences that affect them. You know what I mean? They've got their club coach. Mm-hmm. They've got their high school coach. They've got some parents. They've got parents that, that have a lot of, you know, that want to control their kid. Um, they've got this. They've got that. So I think there's a lot of issues that when they're coming into college and when things go a little wrong, Right. They, they go listen to 87 different people instead of trusting in, um, you know, what got them there, trusting in the process, trusting in, you know, uh, their teammates, trusting in their coaches. And uh, the, the great ones can do that. And uh, that's what we deal with a lot here. And that's why I, I love our performance staff here at Wisconsin, because they do a great job of really, really helping our guys mentally uh, when, when things get challenging. I love that. And it's something where I feel like bizarrely 20 years ago 30 years ago that was seen as a weak thing maybe to see a sports psychologist but it's it's crazy to me because every high level athlete no matter the sport will agree that when you get to the national tournament for example there's 32 guys there maybe not all 32 can physically win maybe 10 can physically win but the difference between the top 10 is the mentality but we spend 99 percent of our time training the body the physical and not the mind and so uh, michael chandler who He's a Bellator fighter. He kind of turned me on to this book through a podcast he did with someone else. It's called Mind Gym, and it talks about that. It's like, why would you not train the mind when we know it's the, it's the make or break between, you know, first, second, and third, so to speak? No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. And, and, and we have, in our practices, that's a daily thing for us. Um, I train their mind, these guys, daily. And, uh, and the funny thing is, is they don't know it. We put them in yeah. situations that really is just a, it's, it's just a mentality type issue in, in their, with their mindset. Um, and we put them in those positions daily. And, um, you know, we challenge them daily mentally, just like we challenge them daily physically. And, um, and, it, and it's amazing when you see growth mentally and they don't really even understand it until you sit down and talk to them. And then it all starts to click. And, uh, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a wonderful thing. Your, your mind, your mind, Hey man, your, your, your mind is powerful. Your mind is the most powerful thing you have. And, uh, you know, it's like everything says your body tires way before in your mind. So if you can get, keep your mind, uh, in, in that zone and, and stay focused, you know, your body will do anything you tell it. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer, big, big believer. Yeah, it's it, it's awesome to hear that. It's not surprising at all, just based on some of the interviews you've done. Now, I, I have to ask about this because I, I grew up in this area, and uh, don't, don't hold this against me, Coach Bono, but I grew up an Iowa Hawkeye fan. And I know you were wrestling at Iowa State, uh, had some battles with Lincoln McIlroy, had some battles with Bill Zadick. What was it like um, competing against Gable in those days? I thrived on it, right? That that was the guy that I had to beat to be Olympic champion. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Uh, in McElravey. Um, yeah. So I thrived on it, right? I tried to. I they were an hour and a half up the road. I tried to study them every chance I got. Uh, you know, we we you know maybe my focus was, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but fanatical, right? My focus yeah. was fanatical on that Iowa program. You know, because that's all we heard in the state of Iowa, you know, and that was when Iowa was winning some titles and, you know, they always have a national champion and Gable this, Gable that. Well, I was fanatical because that's who I had to beat to win a national championship. Uh, so I studied them, whether they know that or not, you know, um, you know, I've gotten, you know, I was getting close to the brands, um, you know, when I was training internationally. You know, and I'd work out with them a lot. I'd pick their brain and, you know, and, and, and I was I was studying what 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 what's making that program so successful. Um, and, uh, you know what, there's nothing but respect for those guys. Um, you know, cause they were, they were right. hardworking, you know, now, um, is that what's making Kale Sanderson successful at Penn state right now? That same system. Uh, I would say, I would say there, you know, a lot of it is the same, right? They, they got some hardworking really? kids. You think so? Um, I was going to say, absolutely well, you, you, gotta you, you gotta understand to be successful, to be successful, you gotta be able to work, um, at, at this level, right? Wrestling's hard. The wrestling season is hard. Um, is it, is it different philosophies? 
in terms of, uh, you know, is it technical versus brutality, right? All that stuff. Uh, I, I love it. I love, I love studying uh, what makes people great and, um, and, and what, how, what makes people think. And, you know, I've, um, you know, I, I know Kale real well. And, uh, but, but going back to the Iowa situation, right. I was an hour and a half up the road. I studied those guys, Lincoln McElravey in my mind was the best guy I've ever competed against in my life. And I knew that if I could beat him, I could be an Olympic champion. So that's who I was focused on. I wasn't focused on, um, you know, even internationally, I wasn't focused on the Russian or the Iranian. I was focused on, I, I make this team, the world Olympic team. I know I can go win a gold medal cause I just beat the best guy in the world. Yeah. So use that as fuel. Do you have any stories of those those training encounters with the Prince brothers? I didn't realize you guys worked out together. Oh man, I got a ton of them. I don't know where to start. Um, you know <laughs> what I mean? But I I know that Terry, when Terry made the 2000 team, was it? Did he make it in 2000? Yeah. Uh, in Australia, when yeah. he made it in, in Australia, um, you know, I was uh, um, I think I was the, I was the runner up that year. And so I was at all the training camps and, you know, I remember Gable just, you'd warm up and Gable would grab me and say, Brands wants you today. And it was, it, you know what I mean? I loved it. It was 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes. We wrestled till he was done. And this guy was at what, what, what was the weight? 125 and a half. And I was a 152 pounder, right? So I was 170 pounds and he was probably 135 pounds. Um, and, and I, and, and I got to work out with him and it was awesome because uh, I worked out with him, you know, and I, and again, I was, couple years out of college at the time um and I worked out with him I rode the bike with him I sat in the sauna with him I ate dinner with him I got to know this guy who supposedly is my rival who who supposedly we should hate each other um and it was great it was it was a great relationship a ton of respect between each other um and I and it's carried over to this day you know um I I I get along with those guys really well you know what I mean? You won't, you wouldn't yeah. notice it when we're, you wouldn't notice it when we're coaching against each other, but man, you know, I, I, uh, I like being around them. You know what I mean? I like being around them at training camps. I like being around them, uh, in, in, in social settings. You know, I like, especially when it's around wrestling, right? When there's a chance to go work out or a chance to watch them, how they interact with the athletes. I, I like those guys. I get along with, with, with those guys real well. Um, and I like, I loved working out with Terry Brands because I think that, um, we both had the mentality that, you know what I mean? We're, I wasn't going to quit. He wasn't going to quit. Uh, and we weren't going to stop until the coach said, you guys are done. And, um, so he was you know, still going the, real hard, even leading up to the Olympics. Like he, Cause he was a little bit older, you know, he didn't make it in 96. Tom won it. He took some time off in that next quad ends up coming back in 99, 2000 wins the trials. And then, you know, during those three to four months before the Olympics, you guys got to work out. So he was still going real hard, even at that point. Yeah, he, he he didn't slow down, that's for sure. He was trying to win a gold medal. He trained his tail off. You know what right. I mean? Um and 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 it it was uh it was great. It was great. I had never worked out with those guys before. I mean, I remember going to the Olympics in um in 2004 uh with Kale and uh and Tom and I would just wrestle. We were both coaching, right? We were both, you know what I mean? And I was like, I need a partner. I'm trying to, you know, obviously I was still competing and I wanted to work out and I'm like, Tom, right? Tom, you want to work out? And we would wrestle, you know, and he grabbed me tonight. Like, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to go. Right. And then even, even, even I'm over there as a training partner for Joe Williams and Tom, uh, Tom and I are running sprints on a field. Um, you know what I mean? When, when the team is off, you know, so it was, it was the same mentality. You know what I mean? They were, they were done competing. Uh, but, but, but still it was the, the lifestyle of, you know, getting up and getting a workout in the morning and you know what I mean? And then, you know, four o'clock comes and the team was taken care of. And, hey, you want, you want to wrestle for 30 minutes? And, you know, of course, they were an hour and a half. You know, it wasn't just 30 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I loved it. And I loved it. And, you know, that was, I think, the, the, the mentality, you know, was kind of the same. And in, in the fact that um, it's wrestling 365 days for, for, for us, you know, um, every day I'm trying to figure out how to get better as a competitor when I was competing. Now, every day I'm trying to figure out how to get my guys better and what makes each one of them tick um, and, and, and how I can do that for them. So is it, it just doesn't seem like there's ever been a day for you where you didn't want to be involved with wrestling. You never woke up thinking, I don't want to work out today. You just loved it. Well, there was a time, man. There was a time. I was out of wrestling for a year and a half. I thought I was done with it. You know? Really? Uh, when was this? Was, this was before was, Chattanooga? I was telling uh, nope. It was, um, it was after the second, it was when I went back to Iowa state, um, as an assistant coach after Chattanooga, I went back to Iowa state and then I, um, 
after that, I got out of the game for right before I went to South Dakota State. I got out and sold medical devices for about 16, 16 months. Okay. And, you know, that's where I was. I was I was at my lowest of my lows um, with the sport. And, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you, you go back and you start realizing things aren't working out where I am at Iowa State. Um, I, I was a runner-up at the Olympic trials. I was a runner-up at how many world team trials. I was a runner-up in the national finals one year. I was a runner-up for some head coaching jobs at some prominent um, institutions. And, and all of a sudden, you have a conversation with one of your buddies that say, hey, you would kill it in medical sales. You know, we're, we're doing well financially. Why don't you give it a try? And I'm like, you know, I don't have a, you know, I'm out of a job. I'm, 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 let me go try to make this thing happen, right? Maybe, maybe my calling is not wrestling. And I got into medical sales and moved my family from Iowa to South Carolina. And, um, and, I, and I tried to make it work. I really, really did. You know, I, uh, I moved down there in August. And I remember the first March rolled around. And my wife said, are you going to go to the NCAA tournament? And I said, no, I'm not going. I can't. I want to make this work. I don't want to be in wrestling anymore. Um, and then if I go to the NCAA tournament, I don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't go to the NCAA tournament. And then the funny thing that happened was, and, and, and you know, this is where I'm uh, in a big believer in my faith was uh, out of the blue, some kids found out that I was in, in, in town and dad called me and said, hey, you know, can you, would you like to do a private lesson with my kid and start helping them, you know, get better and this and that. And I said, sure, why not? You know what I mean? I can, I can, I, I can, I can do it. And uh, one thing led to another, um, you know, MMA was getting really big and the and MMA gym in town found out I was there and he's like, listen, I got 12 guys here that don't know how to wrestle. Can you come teach wrestling one night a week? I said, sure. The bottom line was that turned out to be like a six, you know, in about over a course of a month and a half, it turned out to be a six day a week thing for me. I started showing up at the MMA gym, doing private wrestling lessons, teaching, training fighters. Um, and then uh, what happened was uh, I wound up going to the NCAA tournament the following year and I came home and uh, I, I didn't tell my wife, but I applied for the South Dakota state job. And um and I got lucky enough, and the long story short was I was lucky enough to land that, um, accepted the job right at the offer, didn't negotiate a salary, didn't do anything because I knew I, need, I, I my calling was in wrestling. I had to get back into it, and, and it renewed me. I needed to get out to have the passion and the, and the energy I have now um, uh, to, 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 get, to get back in and do well. And not a day goes by that I'm not thankful that I'm in the sport of wrestling that I get to coach, that I get to mentor kids. And uh, you know what I mean? There's not one person in this world that loves what they do more than me. And I, and I can guarantee you that. Wow. It's no question about it. And, you know, I did know that you were at Stryker for that short time. And I, you know, there are a lot of former athletes who do well there, but you're a guy who is so obsessed with wrestling that, you know, I don't think a, a nine to five would suit you. And obviously it didn't. And, but at the same time, well, Hey, to... let's go back. Let's go back. I loved working for striker, right? Cause it wasn't okay. a nine to five. It was, it was out hustling people, um, selling medical devices. You know, I was up at three 30 in the morning. Uh, again, I got motivated, right? For about six months, I wasn't real motivated into, into working out. I was, I was, uh, I was trying to figure out this job and doing this and blah, blah. But you know what? Once I got my feet wet, I finally, my, my family moved and joined me. And after like six months of being apart, um, during the move and the process. Well, you know, I joined the gym for the first time in my life, right? I'm actually paying someone so I can go work out. And uh, wow. I was getting up at three thirty. I was getting up at three thirty in the morning to go get my workout in. Cause I had no idea how long my day was going to be right with medical sales. Um, you know, my, you know, I was always, whatever I was always, you know, the first surgery was at six forty in the morning, whether they wanted me there or not, I was there. Uh, whether I was supposed to be at this hospital or not, I was there. I went to a hospital where they said, we don't want you there. Well, I showed up anyway. Right. And I was trying to, you know, sell the doctors and doing this and doing that. And who knows, right. I could get a call at five o'clock at night saying, Hey, we need you two hours away. Somebody needs your, 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 your device. Can you come up there? Well, you get there for the surgery. It doesn't go off till nine o'clock. It gets over at 11, two hour drive home at one o'clock. Then I got to do some paperwork in my home office and I'm back up at three 30. So that's what I loved about it was it wasn't a nine to five. It was about, you know, out hustling your, your, your opponents out hustling your competition, you know, forging relationships with doctors. Um, and, and you know what it really came down to was it was almost the same thing like wrestling. It was out recruiting people. It was forming relationships with recruits at early ages. It was doing right. And, and, and that's where I was, I was, I was, I was getting doing well because I was able to make those relationships and those contacts and, um, and, and, and things like that. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't wrestling. It wasn't on the mat. It wasn't, 
um, you know, it was in a different, different realm that wasn't my realm. I wasn't real knowledgeable in the medical world. I was trying to learn different surgeries. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, if I would have stayed in it, I would have been very, very, very successful. I was very, very successful when I was in it for 16 months, but it wasn't right. my passion. It wasn't my, 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 uh, my, my, my energy wasn't going to be there. And, um, and, 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 and I couldn't be more happy and blessed to be doing something that I truly, truly love in a place that I want to be. Yeah. No, I, you know, I'm in sales and there's no question that athletes and particularly wrestlers do well there. Cause it's just a, it's an outwork out grind kind of thing. Uh, Paul Glenn is one of my uh, mentors and he's been on this show. Yeah, Paul, Paul got me into it. Paul, Paul got me my job. No kidding. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a great guy. Um, he was just on the podcast about a month ago. Um, so then, so you get to South Dakota state, were they even division one at that time? They sure were. They were. Okay. I didn't know if they were division one or not yet. Okay. So you, that's truly, you know, that was at the grassroots level. I mean, at Chattanooga, it was, you know, a mid major program, but they've had some success. Uh, like Terry Brands had been there. I don't know if that was before or after you, but right around that time. But then you get to South Dakota. That is truly grassroots. What was it like building a program? And what was the philosophy you kind of brought to the, brought to the guys there? I mean, what were the highs and lows? Just kind of talk us through that because it's such an incredible story. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, a lot of people say, what's your, what's your highlight of your career? What's the proud of it? My, one of my most proud moments is building that program up because when I took it over, I was just so grateful to be back in the sport of wrestling. So grateful that somebody would take a chance on a guy that's been out of it for two years to come lead a program. Um, you know, not to be an assistant, but to be the head coach. And when I took it over, I, you know, I'm the man, I got the mentality that well, I don't care. Right. What's our budget. Thank you. Right. My budget says, thank you. Right. What's the salary for the assistant coaches. Thank you. How many scholarships do we have? You know, six scholarships. All right. Thank you. And then I sit down and say, all right, I've got six scholarships. I've got a small budget. I don't have, I can only have one assistant coach, blah, blah, blah. We're, we got to find a way now to win. And so, you know, we created a philosophy, a strategy, you know, and there was a lot of bumps in the road. So I had to redo things, right? We had to um, change, change, change staff. We had, to, we had a lot of issues um, to get to where we were. And, um, you know, luckily things clicked. And, and the bottom line was I had the student athletes uh, that bought into our system. And you know what? I had an unbelievable administration there at, at South Dakota State that, that uh, let me do what I needed to do to to um to turn that program around um you know and it did it was hard right we showed up at the national tournament two years in a row and and, and came home with not even an individual win last place in the country two years in a row you know i always i always remember numbers you know 77 77 it was like 53 um you know and then it was in the 30s and then 20 something and then 12 right those were the that's that's what we finished so every year in the we were country better. every yeah. year yeah, every year we were better, and that's what we kept telling everybody. We got to be better than we were last year, as individuals, as coaches, and as a team. We got to be better than we were last year. And I promise you guys, you know, you have five years. You get better than you were last year. You get better than you were the next year. You are going to find success, uh, but it's not going to be easy. And 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 they bought in, right? I mean, they bought in. You know, my last year there, Luke Zilberberg and David Coach are becoming All Americans from like the 13 and the 12 seed. Um, are some of the bi biggest moments of my career. You know, obviously Seth Gross winning the national title, um, you know, but, but, but he was expected to, really, the number one seed in the tournament. Uh, he was expected, but these guys that uh, really, really bought in from the day they were freshmen and they, they stayed with us for five years and did everything right, they finally were able to reach their goals at the end and uh, just, just amazing. So uh, grateful for my time there, grateful for, um, you know, being able to get back into it and, uh, and it really taught me how to be a better coach. Uh, being at a program like that where you had to really turn it around instead of just jumping into something where you it's already set in motion and you just kind of continue it. Well, I'm sure your time at Stryker helped because you had to be kind of a salesman in a sense of fundraising and, and you know, selling the program. So you kind of had this merging of worlds that all came to this point where it was just like the perfect storm. And then you get to South Dakota State six years later, you're Big 12 coach of the year, Big 12 against like Oklahoma State against Oklahoma against those guys so it kind of seemed like a merging of worlds just all transpired at the right time for that program you know and you to be successful there it sure did Stryker taught me everything right Stryker renewed me Stryker taught me what passion was 
Um, Stryker taught me how to be the CEO um, of your company. You know what I mean? I was right. the CEO of a, of a $4 million territory at Stryker. You know what I mean? When you right. take that mentality into, um, you know, into being a head coach and how, you man- how you're managing people, how you're managing your athletes, how you're fundraising, how you're running your budget, how you're dealing with scholarship money. Uh, you know what I mean? How, you're, how are you with, uh, with donors? How do you treat people? Uh, what happens when problems uh, arise? Uh, you know, um, then uh, I brought that into South Dakota State. And, and again, we needed all that at South Dakota State. We didn't, you know what I mean? We didn't have, um, you know, this. We don't have this, right? And I was so grateful for that. I was grateful we didn't have the biggest budget, right? Because it taught me I had to go raise some money. I was grateful that we weren't at 9.9 scholarships because, you know, how, how could I go convince my athletic director, and how are we going to work through Title IX issues to make sure scholarships are equal? How, right? There was a lot of things that we had to, had to do outside the realm of being a wrestling coach that taught yeah. me how to be a wrestling coach. Does that make sense? Makes total you sense. Know? And, so, so, and now you, so Stryker, so Stryker helped was, me in that sense, and then South yeah. Dakota State helped me because I had to, there was a lot of challenges that, that we overcame as a, as a university and as a department uh, that has helped me become the coach I am now, that I have the resources and I have the support and I have everything where I am to take this program uh, to the national championship level. Yeah, and that's what's exciting about it is, you know, I just the last thing in South Dakota, I remember that watching that duel between Wyoming and South Dakota State and just the, the attendance, the energy, it was awesome. Um, and and then, you know, now you're at Wisconsin, which is, you know, in the Big Ten, it's a major program. You know, just talk us through what that's been like getting there. And, you know, before you, Barry Davis was there for 25 years, something like that. And, you know, the program wasn't in the best shape by any means. So, what was it like coming in there? Was it similar to South Dakota State or different in a, in a way? It was, it, was, it, was, it was the complete opposite, to tell you the truth, right? We came here and there was already an All-American here. There was already good wrestlers. Um, you know, the resources are, are outstanding here. The wrestling facilities are outstanding here. Um, you know, again, uh, it, again, the same at South Dakota State. The administration is so supportive here. Uh, Coach Alvarez was a high school wrestler at one time. Um, yeah. Right, the, the athletic, you know, the, the you know, athletic director Alvarez and Chris McIntosh and my my direct boss Doug Teat are one thousand percent behind us, um, you know, which was the same there, South Dakota State. Uh, but I think the difference is is um, the difference is is I don't know um, if, if South Dakota State knew we were going to get it done right. So there was a little skeptic. There was a little 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 bit of of doubt. We're going to bring this guy in, and if he can change it around, that's going to be awesome. But if not, we're going to have to go. You know, you know, I was worried about whether the program was going to be there. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. But but obviously, after the first couple of years, South Dakota State dumped a ton of resources into it and knew they could be successful. Here, here, it's it's man, we're 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 uh, we're we're in a culture of winning here at at Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Football wins, basketball wins. Everybody, we're a winner. This department is a winner. So we, we, they're bringing me in here. We got to win, right? They want to win championships here right away. It's not, it's not like let's build this up and see how far we can take it. It's, hey, resources are here. You know, the academic support is here. The nutrition's here. The strength and conditioning's here. That administration support here. Let's go win national titles, Bono. What else do you need to do that? And that's the and expectations that's there. Yeah, there, it's not that's it's why, when it's when you win. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I'm here because I want that on my shoulders. I want to win a national championship. I want to win a Big Ten championship. I want individual national champs and you know all Americans and Big Ten champs and academic all Americans and graduate people. And they basically, you know, the administration is, hey, here here we go. How can we help? Well, let's go win titles. Um, right, you know, and right. and, and exactly. it wasn't, and it's and it's not a complete rebuild like South Dakota State was. Uh, but now we've had our we've had our troubles, right? We've had we've had we've had you know, uh, it's hard. It's hard to come in and be you know the outsider when when you've had athletes here for three and four and five years, um, you know, that are setting their ways a little bit, you know, because obviously no no two coaches are the same, um, and 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 we're a lot different than Barry Davis was. And, right. uh, you know, but we had, we had our ups and downs last year. Uh, but I can tell you right now, um, even today I walked in this building, um, and, and as I was getting my workout in, my athletes were getting done their strength and conditioning and boy, the, the, the upbeat, the positive, 
uh, the excitement of what's going on here. You can see it in their faces and how happy they are as they walk past me. Um, and, and I can't be more fired up to get November here and get ready to roll. So the passion's there right now, middle of July. The passion's there still. Passion's here. Our guys are here. They're in their last week of training before we, um, you know, before they get before they get to go home for a little bit of a break. And um, boy, awesome. is it uh, it's at an all time high. I, I, you know, I've been here now, but uh, since you know, eighteen months, sixteen months, something like that. And um, these guys, I've, this is the highest I've seen our our program right now, and it gets better every single day. And I know you've had John Reeder with you for quite some time. Now talk about that relationship and the impact he's had on the program. Uh, well, first, the first thing is, is, you know, the, everybody will throw the word family, right, around. He, he's family. He's family to me. And, um, you know, we, 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 I trust him with every ounce of this program, um, you know what I mean, to make decisions, to, to tell me I'm doing things wrong, to, you know, running the workouts, to whatever. I, I, I trust him in every sense of the word. Um, which is, which is, it's very comforting to me. Um, the second thing is, is, uh, you know, our relationship started when I was recruiting him at Iowa state for a little bit. And then I got to be his coach for a year and I was training and we were training partners and, you know, and then we kind of went our separate ways. He went to the Olympic training center. And when I went to South Dakota state, my first year, I tried to convince him to come. I couldn't do it. And then two years later, I convinced him to, uh, finally come to me at South Dakota state. And, uh, and, you know, it's just, a, it's a perfect marriage. Um, you know, we, we have the same ideas, the same goals, um, you know, the same philosophies and, uh, and, and it's, it's great that we can sit in, in together, um, and discuss the pros and the cons and be completely honest with each other, right? There's no being yeah. around the bush, you know, we need to do it. And you know what? And there's zero feelings ever hurt. You know what I mean? Sometimes when he comes in and says, you're, I don't think you're doing it right, right? Well, tell me, what, 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 what would you do? How would we do it? And there's no feelings hurt. It's seriously, it's family talking to family. Um, and, you tr and I trust him. I trust him with my life. And, uh, and, I, right. and, and, and it's, it's, it is, uh, it, it's great to have that. I can't wait to see what you guys do at Wisconsin. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Big Ten. And, you know, Wisconsin just three hours, hours to the north of where I grew up. And it, it's just awesome to have another uh, – you know, legitimate contender in college wrestling. The last thing I'll, I'll kind of wind down with here is, you know, if you're talking to a recruit or if there's a recruit listening to this, what are some things you like to see and what are some things you don't like to see with, with the high school guys you're recruiting if they want to be a Badger? Academics. You know, this is, this is one of the best institutions in the world. Um, I tell everybody this that I get in front of, don't let your academics dictate your goals right mm -hmm. if you have a goal of coming to the university of wisconsin win a national championship you better make sure your academics are on top of it don't you know don't don't make me say listen i i apologize but, but there's no way i'm gonna be able to get you into school right uh make sure you are on top of it academically make sure your senior year you're taking uh, a nice a nice rigorous course load um and challenging yourself uh you know and then and then of course athletically we like people that want to compete you know, we like guys that want to compete, um, you know, in everything. Like we said, when, I'm, when we're playing a kickball game, I want that to be like the national championship. You know, when we're out there throwing a dodgeball, and we love guys that want to compete um, because that's um, – when you have people that have that competitive fire, right, it's, it's, it, it's amazing uh, how much better you can be. And, you know, guys that are, you know, hey, anywhere, anytime, I'll line up and, and work out and wrestle and do whatever it takes. So we like guys that want to compete. Um, we like, and then the last thing, of course, is we want good people. Uh, we want to make sure that our program is surrounded with, with, with amazing people that will represent the University of Wisconsin the way it should be represented. Uh, we want to do it the right way. We want to build it the right way. We want to sustain it the right way. And you know what? We want to win a national championship the right way uh, with good people behind us um, and, and people that care about the university and the city of Madison. Man, let's go Badgers, man. I can't wait for the season. The last thing I have to ask you, and this came from one of the listeners, coaches, what's your day in the life like in mid-December, uh, mid-January, right in the thick of the season? Uh, a listener wanted to know that question. What's the like, day what in the life? Up, I mean, it's like, what's that like? I'm an early morning guy. You know, I, um, I, like, to, I, mean, I like to get up at, you know, 4 o'clock, 4.15, and, um, you know, I want to be here. I want to be here uh, getting a workout in, you know, before the guys are here to work out at, you know, 5.45 or 6 o'clock. 
Um, you know, wow. you know, and then of course I'm, you, we, 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 I go where the day takes me, you know, a normal day. If I'm here in the office, I'm here till, till practice time, right? We practice at three 30. Um, and then, and then we, um, you know, I'm lucky enough that, you know, food is, is available here in camp Randall. We'll go down to the little bistro, get something to eat, come back up for lunch. Um, and then, and then it's, and then it's here till three 30 and then practice. And then, you know, where's the day take me? Do we go to a high school wrestling match that night? Right. Anything, any, there's nothing off limits. It's, it's in the middle of our season. I, I do whatever it takes. And then whenever I get home, I get home someday. You know, if I get home after practice at six 30, that's a blessing. If I got to go to a high school match, if I got to go see a recruit, if we got to go talk to kids, you know, that are, are, are not, you know, having uh, the best day, the best week, the best month. And that takes us to eight, nine o'clock at night. So be it. Um, it's, it, it's go time. There's, there's, that's the time where we go. Right. And you go to bed when you go to bed and you start over at the same time the next morning. Um, I think once I realized that I was I'm, I'm, I was more of a successful coach. It wasn't like um, I was making, you know, whenever you, know, you make decisions based on what time you have to get up and what time you have to go to bed. That's a problem. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you can you can sleep when you're dead. You can you know, you, there's downtime in our sport where you can relax uh, and catch your breath. But in the middle of December. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's 1000% focused on our athletes, making sure that they're doing everything, you know, uh, making sure I'm around as much as I possibly can to make sure that they can accomplish their goals athletically and academically. It's truly whatever it takes for you. And a lot of people say that, but you, it seems like there's no doubt, whatever it takes to get the athletes better. You're there for them during that. Yeah. And I invite you, Hey, I, Hey, I invite you to come up here in December and follow me around. I'm not, uh, I'm not I'm telling I you the truth, man. I would love that. I was going to say, I want to be a friend of the program however I can. I, I am uh, blown away by, by the energy. And I just, uh, you know, just growing up near Iowa City, knew about you from your wrestling days. So, man, I want to be a supporter of the program whatever way I can, man. So thank you for your time. I know we got to wrap this up and you just let me know how I can help. That's the end of this episode, but definitely not the end of the show. For more episodes, please go to wrestlingchangemylife.org. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a star rating. Show the love, baby. Show the love. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Peace.